Well, hello everyone. My name is Lauren, and welcome to the Art of Flourishing. Today, we are joined by my friend Melissa, who is a witty mom of three that has an infectious laugh and a love for making people smile. She is a best-selling author, featured in the book Finding Strength in Unexpected Pregnancy, a blogger, and a wife. She grew up in r- rural central Pennsylvania, loves traveling, exploring. Intriguing destinations and making people laugh. She spends her days enjoying nature, hiking, and her clumsiness makes all of her adventures even more entertaining. Melissa enjoys getting her hands dirty in her organic garden, writing, and connecting with friends. When she has the time, or on on the side, she also helps struggling moms find balance in the chaos of their lives. Thank you so much for being here, Melissa. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Awesome. Well... Melissa is one of the authors or contributing author in the Art of Flourishing anthology series. And she made a contribution to the book on being and belonging, where she shares her and her family's journey um, of exploring alternative schooling options. And um, I guess really walking her teenager through belonging to themselves and being okay with who they are and making life work for them on their terms. Um, Melissa, without giving too much away, can you tell us a little bit of, can you introduce us to one another, I guess, by telling us a little bit of your life story? Um, How did you end up doing what you do now? Like what was the road that took you from, wherever it is that you started to doing what you do now? I think the road brought me here because um, over the course of pretty much all three of my kids' lives, they have themselves, and I guess me as well, faced many different issues with mental health and actual like physical issues as well. And watching them struggle is so so heartbreaking. It is hard to have to watch them struggle day to day through everyday activities that people take so, so much for granted. Um, we act like we are in a society where we are super accepting of children and people that have differences, but I feel that often it doesn't come off that way, especially when children are feeling so incredibly alone and they're feeling isolated and feeling like they are the only one. So I try very hard to make sure that all of my mamas don't feel like they are alone and help them find a voice in, you know, helping their children struggle through these things and helping them really, you know, embrace, you know, their differences and learning how to stand, you know, by themselves in this while still, you know, growing up to be, you know, an amazing human human being and sharing them their gifts with the world in a place that often doesn't seem as accepting mm. to everybody else's differences. Mm. And I think um, and one of the things that you mentioned in your story or in your contribution to the book was how... Um, like conventional schooling was a real challenge for your family in partic- and one of your children in particular. Um, and how, like one of the, the phrases that came to mind when I was reading 
about your journey through that time of your lives was how really a lot of the times we like live in a world designed for cars but we're all on some of us are on bicycles or mm-hmm. on motorbikes yeah, or you know or maybe even on foot and how there are just certain environments that were built or created for a very particular type of person and that anytime a person kind of deviates from that stereotype or does not fit into the box that those environments were created for they have a really really hard time but then we focus a lot of our time and energy and I think particularly as parents we focus our time and energy on making our kids fit into the box rather than addressing the issue that the environment was only built for a certain type of box or a certain type of child. Um, Our kids are so unique, like they're so specifically unique individuals that this one little, little space, just, it doesn't suit everyone. I mean, we have been praying that it does often, but not, you know, our children aren't one size fits all. Yeah, And it's hard to accept that, for one, and it is hard to make that decision that the textbook version of how people are supposed to, supposed to live their lives and raise their children. It's just, it's just not good enough anymore. Why do you deserve th- so much more. Why do you think we struggle to accept it? Like, why do you think we have such a hard time embracing or accepting like this is not working for us or we this doesn't suit who we are why do we gravitate towards shame why do we gravitate towards changing our children why do we gravitate towards feeling guilty rather than embracing a different path like what do you think it is about like what do you think is happening when we're when we struggle to accept what we see happening in front of us? That is a super good question. Um, What I automatically, when you ask that, what I automatically remember and think is, you know, when we are in a typical, we'll just use the example of a typical traditional school setting, there is always a class of kids that has more teachers that sit somewhere else that is more monitored. And those children they already know they're different. They already know. So, you know, I think, you know, inclusion can go so far, but the fact is that we have to model it more in normal everyday society, which we Mm. often don't. And we don't even as far as on TV. um, I think that, I don't know, TikTok may have been one of these things that especially with like older kids that are adults now are getting to really learn their voice on things that we never heard of before. Um, just because it's such a, it's a, it's an engine that is made kind of for free, you know, for you just want to talk for, you know, two minutes, go for it. Just mm. because it feels like a safe place. And I don't feel that our kids and even ourselves, honestly, I feel like that might be one of the biggest issues is that as moms and as parents, we don't feel like there's honestly a safe place Mm. where 
if one of our kids, you know, is not meeting their, you know, yeah. academic levels or they're falling behind in reading or, you know, hey, they just bought, bought, they bit a kid and they're literally 12. You know, we don't have a place that is safe for us to be able to say, oh, my goodness, this happened. And I don't know what this means. Yeah. You know, this just happened. And I don't know where we go from here. Does this mean my child has intellectual delays? Does this mean this? Does this mean that? Because we are met with so much shame and so much. Oh, you didn't notice that? Oh, well, mm-hmm. maybe if you didn't work so much, maybe if this, you know, you really should have been spending more time. And it is, it's often met with pushback and with glazed over faces. And I don't know what to do with that. You know, mm. instead of the compassion that we really should be giving each other, yeah. we should be, you know, if somebody pours their heart out and they're really struggling, it should be met more with, you know, oh my goodness, you know, what do you, what do you think might help? You know, maybe I can look up some things or maybe I can find some friends that you can talk with instead of, oh, gosh, that just sounds awful. And then they change the subject and it's pure judgment on, on you as a parent, other than the fact that we are living in a society that is supposed to be so open arms and so accepting of children that really struggle and have issues. But the fact is we still can't really openly talk about our kids being on an antidepressant without getting someone's eyebrows raised. Right. I think, um, I mean, what I just thought about now was like twofold. Like the first is, I think there is a lot of cultural pressure and particularly a pressure on mothers to, I guess, over identify with how their kids are doing, with how they're doing. And it's so hard to separate out. I think like, I mean, I can't think of a single mother who does not have a hard time separating my kids doing okay. Yay, I get a gold star. And now I Mm -hmm. must be a great person or I'm a great mother or, or I'm now validated and I'm, I have more value as a human being than the mother whose child is struggling. And to, you know, I think that we judge others because we're also judging ourselves and the, the type of judgment we pour out on other people or the shame that we project onto other people is the exact same shame that we are projecting onto ourselves when we face difficulty And so like, I think you're so what you observed about compassion and how if we could just learn to be more self-compassionate as mothers, Mm -hmm. that it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to not have perfect children. It's okay to struggle. It's okay if our children struggle. And when we can get to that place, I think that we'd be more um, open to bearing witness to the struggles of the people in our lives. Um, and I think also what, I mean, your observation of essentially that what's happening in a school is just a snapshot of what's happening in our culture and, um, Mm -hmm. how children are treating one another in a classroom environment is just a snapshot of how adults and people are treating one another in our communities or in our families. Um, and it's, it's a much deeper, issue than just monitoring behavior in a classroom Mm -hmm. 
and our children, I mean, even I still remember, you know, having a kid that's like two and, and saying a bad word because they heard someone say it. The, our children are such giant sponges because they don't know everything in life is so new to them. It doesn't even matter what age they are. I mean, if we think about our everyday relationships with people, I've totally caught myself saying the exact same things that that friends or just, you know, coworkers have said. And I was like, where did that come from? Our kids are little sponges. And when they watch their parents, you know, making derogatory comments about people or, you know, making harsh judgments and saying things. I mean, they suck that in because they're learning how to be adults. They're learning how to carry themselves in a society. And often, I mean, we might not even realize that they're doing that, but mm-hmm. they're, so, they're so smart, even at such a, they're so thinking smart. Yeah. They're just amazing creatures. But I mean, it sometimes bites you in the butt sometimes, but you know. Yeah. No, you're so right about that. That's how the process of growing up is. Yeah. Can you tell me um, a little bit about what um, belonging means to you? How would you, like when I say, Melissa, what is belonging? What is, what jumps up for you first? I feel like belonging is feeling like you have like a special place for you. Mm. Um, you know, it just feels like, like there is a place that is unique to yourself that nobody else can fill. And, you know, I feel like that is definitely something that I always had wanted for, you know, one of my kids that I always felt like, you know, the puzzle piece that didn't really fit and always struggled so severely to get to get through what most typical people would take absolutely for granted but it's just that that magic feeling of oh my goodness like I'm I'm with my people and Mm. I belong this is where I'm supposed to be I'm meant to be here this you know I just feel so free Mm. and like you know you don't have to hide from hide behind a little facade of being someone else because you know, I even talked to one of my other kids and my other one was like, well, you know, I need to put on a, a facade and I need to put on a specific type of behavior in order to work in customer service because that kid is not a person that likes to be around other people and doesn't know how other people work. So belonging is that sense that, that they get you and yeah. they understand and it's the sense that you don't even need to explain yourself because they already know. Yeah. They get it. And what like wisdom or soul treasure do you hope anyone reading your chapter in the book, like what do you hope they leave with after reading your and your children's story? I'm hoping that they realize that even as we feel like, as people that one person can't make a significant change that that can change the world and that can change the trajectory of their lives and other people's like oh my goodness he can like such a a small decision you know 
any of these changes that we make and these decisions that we make that are just freaking terrifying. It's scary. When we make things and we decide we're going to step out of, of the norm and we decide that what's traditional isn't good enough and what we see, it's not good enough. And we're not going to stand by and let this happen, no matter what it is. At any time that we're standing here saying, I don't like this, I'm going to change, things are going to change, we can change so much in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, by making that decision and actually following through. And we don't feel like we can, but I mean, so, so much can be changed by such small things because we feel that we're insignificant, but we're not. We have so much power. We have so much power to make humanity better. Yeah. And we can do that so easily. Yeah. One decision at a time, right? Yep. It's just that one, one hard choice. What? That might paralyze you at the time, but you push yourself through and then so, so much can change Yeah, so quickly. Can you share with us a glimpse into your life, like your everyday ordinary life? What moments or what one moment most feels like flourishing to you? I think just even... I have a little online community and any time that I have, like when I'm on a little group coaching that I do, and it's like a little short one, I mean, hearing these moms talk and, you know, and they can pour their heart out and feel like they're safe and they're not being judged. They're not having anybody question them. They're not being interrogated. They don't have anybody that is making judgments on them. Like, it just, it fills my heart with so much happiness because, to be completely honest, I didn't have that. I did not have people that I could just, you know, open myself up to that didn't automatically make me feel like I was a failure as a mom and a failure as a human because we should just, we should just be, have a magic pill to make everything perfect. And those moments when I get them are just like, I can feel my heart just like warm. And I'm just like, Oh my goodness. You know, Mm. it gets to be a safe place for them and they didn't have it. And I mean, just having that is such, it just makes me so filled with happiness and hope that maybe we can change. Maybe things can change. And, the world can be a better, safer place for our kids. I mean, what kind of amazing thought is that? Yeah. That we don't have to be as worried anymore. Because I think if we're truly honest with ourselves, a lot of people worry about their kids day to day. Mm-hmm. And to not have to worry so much and to just know that the decisions that are made are that the world will take better care of them. I mean, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. I would like for the world to take, take better care of, you know, small humans because I don't feel like kids are taken very, they just are treated, they're just not treated very well. I don't know. Yeah. They often aren't because they're automatically thought that, oh, well, they should just obey and listen and sit quietly and not, you know, do all these things. But they're, they're still humans. 
Yeah. They need compassion too. Yeah. So just those moments of like the connection and hearing moms be able to share things that they know that they're not comfortable sharing anywhere else because people don't get it. I mean, we wish that they did, but they don't. Yeah. I love that. So important. Um, what we're doing on the podcast is we are inviting every one of our guests to make a contribution to our imaginary or I guess virtual uh, flourishing toolkit. And so what I'm asking for all of our guests is if you could share one of your favorite go-to soul gardening or flourishing practices or tools, uh, which, which would you like to share with us? a really good question um is a question of something that i personally do to make to make myself feel more recharged yeah like whatever what is the practice that you kind of turn to most regularly or one that you find to be the most life-changing that you think you want to like you want to tell everyone else about mm. i think my my thing that helps me feel most grounded in these in you know, that would help other people is really like taking that three minutes a day just to sit and write down a gratitude journal and not giant like crazy things. Just, I, I still remember looking back of the, probably the most like stressful, one of the most stressful times in our lives when all the kids were going to different schools and I had two different kids that refused to go and every morning was screaming. I still remember looking back at that day when I wrote, I didn't, I, you know, there was, my kid didn't scream and yell as much about going to school today. And that is such a blessing because every morning was filled with tears. Yeah. Just those little tiny things that we take totally for granted. Looking back at those things, it just, it shows you how far you have come because, Often when, when there's changes, we don't see it because we're in it. Being yeah. able to reflect back and go, oh my goodness, I, for, I forgot life was like that. I forgot about that because life is so different. It's so much better now. It, it just mm-hmm. teaches you so much. So taking that little daily practice of, of writing three things that are just tiny little things that you're grateful for. Because sometimes that's all you have to kind of push you through when you're in the thick of it and it's hard and it's scary and you feel alone. It can really push you through and help you come through the other end feeling less unscathed. (laughs) You're right. Um, One of the most difficult seasons of my life, and there have been a few, you know, but um, one of the most difficult seasons of my life in my third postpartum journey where I was really struggling with postpartum anxiety the practice that pulled me out of that hole was generosity practice. I'm um, not generosity, gratitude practice. And I remember when I, before I started, the first thought that would come into my mind when I woke up every morning was, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I didn't get enough sleep. Oh, I feel so gross. Oh my gosh. You know, I woke up in the night with a panic attack again. Oh, the baby, this, oh, the big kids, that. Um, and those were the thoughts that filled my mind the second my brain came online in the mornings. And 
when I started a gratitude practice, over time, I remember one morning when my eyes woke up, opened, and I thought, oh, wow, the sun's shining today. Oh, I those three hours that I said were good. Oh, mm-hmm. I love the sound of the baby like cooing in her crib. Oh, the big kids are awake. And like the habit or the practice of training yourself to look for what is going right, I think can, like you, you spoke earlier about how the simplest changes or decisions or, or you know, choices that we make can have a profound impact on the rest of our lives. And I like totally agree that gratitude like rewires our brain and it helps us notice the good things that we do have. And the more we notice, the more we enjoy, right? Um, until the, the really hard stuff sometimes starts to fade into the background of our lives or it finds its proper place and perspective, I think. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. That is like, I'm like a hundred percent. Yes or gratitude practice, and it really can only take two or three minutes a day. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for sharing your life and your story with us. Thank you so much for the work that you do um, in creating safe places for women um, who are having a hard time with motherhood or are having, you know, don't have anywhere else to go with the challenges that they're facing in their motherhood. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing your story and thank you so much for spending time with me today. 